Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation. Man to man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts. Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk <laughs> man. I back it up. And we are sock full of that, man. right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold sets up. If you're going to blitz, come strong. But don't come at all. Coming strong with a Thanksgiving week edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. I am Jeff Howe. Hope everybody out there has a safe, happy, and healthy Thanksgiving week with their families and their loved ones, as we will have here on this show. Anytime you want to listen to Longhorn Blitz, you can get all of our archives, our classic shows, by searching Horns 24-7 Podcasts anywhere you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, just throw Horns 24-7 into your Google machine and it will find it for you. Subscribe, leave us a five-star review, enjoy this show, enjoy State <laughs> of Recruiting, enjoy the flagship, all the Horns 24-7 podcasts, and we do appreciate the support. Gentlemen, we thought we were going to have a game to recap this week, but we don't because COVID-19 has impacted the Kansas football program. That game postponed, pushed back to December 12th, so Rod, it's going to be 19 full days between football games for the Longhorns and what is their reward for a long layoff? <laughs> Statistically, you can make an argument Iowa State's the most impressive team in the Big 12. Yeah, you can make that offensively and defensively. You can make that case. They've looked impressive. No so question. there it is, Black Friday for Texas. Texas and Iowa State, it is a rare ranked matchup. You guys realize only seven times in the Tom Herman era, Texas and the opponent have gone into the game ranked in the AP poll. Crazy to think about. That just kind of shows you, well, frankly, how non-impressive the Big 12 has been in the last few years outside of a few teams here and there. But nonetheless, uh, it is a matchup with massive implications as far as the Big 12 title picture goes. So we'll discuss that and much more on today's show. Let me bring in the rest of the team that's going to be alongside for this adventure. He is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, our lead research analyst on Longhorn Blitz and a daily fantasy guru. He is Matt Butler. How are you, sir? Pretty well, man. How about yourself? So the Butler Thanksgiving gathering will be smaller than years <laughs> past. I yeah, we were texting about turkey frying and stuff, but yeah, no no big gathering this time. But then uh, on the side, the uncles were like, no, we got to get together and at least fry something for all the different people and all the other different households. So at least it'll be the same but different. No turkey frying or turkey frying? No turkey frying Just for frying me. Just frying something. But uh, like after, first it was all canceled and then like me and Jeff were briefly texting and within like an hour everything changed and then my dad was like nope i'm going to meet the uncle and we're gonna just do the frying for everybody so there still will be fried turkey i just won't be doing frying or be around no, everybody we'll just you. be back with the family it's sad it's just the immediate good. family core mm-hmm. it's good to know that the butler tradition of frying turkeys is going to be alive and well yeah. even in the middle of a damn pandemic there will be so. two people in the woods doing thank it thank your dad for all of us matt for keeping <laughs> that tradition you just <laughs> did but do it again and he'll hear it on the radio uh a man who enjoys is a good fried yard bird. He's got those Cajun roots. Swamp people, as he says, mm-hmm. is where his folks are from. Uh, lifetime Longhorn, 2002 UT All-American, 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award. Fourth-round draft choice of the New York Giants back in 2003. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats in the CFL. When he was done with football, he got himself back to Austin, Texas in the 40 Acres where he earned his degree. Whenever that T-ring comes in, we will make sure he wears it proudly. Nevertheless, he is a card-carrying member of DBU, and when you get that All-American honor recognized by the NCAA, they make sure you get one of those black cards. Number 21 in your program number one in your hearts mr rod babers thank you for the intro brother and uh, happy holidays rod uh, I, I guess you and and the fiance doing just kind of your own own little shindig yeah we're gonna do our own shindig she's got family here so there is some has been discussion about whether we are going to go over there and hang out with her family they, she's got like uh, two little 
uh, cousins and then a, uh, an, an uncle and an aunt here. So we may go hang out with them. May not. I mean, we don't know. My brother's in H-Town. He's frying turkeys, as a matter of fact. He's still doing his thing, frying turkeys for everybody. Uh, my mom's in Louisiana. Pop's in H-Town. So, um, yeah, not going to see the family. Yeah. Because I got to work. And, of course, there's a pandemic going on. And I don't want to. Eh, it's spiking all over the country. I don't yeah, want to exactly. endanger mom and dad. Everybody just be Thoughtful. safe. Just be uh, safe. Yeah. Be smart. Be yeah. healthy. And enjoy your Thanksgiving holiday. Uh it could be a really big Thanksgiving for the Longhorns, guys, or it could be a disappointing Thanksgiving and a Thanksgiving where we kind of see the writing on the wall for Tom Herman. That's just kind of where we are right now. It's amazing. It, it feels like a week-to-week proposition. Right? It, it's I mean, it feels right. It's really weird. Yeah, you, it's can pretty e- crazy. you can either go in the conference championship or have a coaching change. I don't know. It's just... Kind of where I feel like 2013 Texas yeah, all, all over again. Right? Really Matt Brown and the, so the unspoken agreement: either you win the whole damn thing, or you're gonna be out on your thing. Well, and <laughs> it's sort of an odd thought process that it's that binary. It's just one or the other. I really don't think there's gonna be much different, despite the result. Friday, like I know this is nerdy, but get into your one game samples all the way. You're probably gonna get a lot of fifty fifty if you play it out over time. It's just you only get one chance on the front end, so this one's gonna decide it all. Yeah, one way or the other. I know. Big game for both parts. They, <laughs> I was they saying it's, it's their biggest potential biggest game in a hundred something years. Because if they don't win this game, they got no shot at winning the conference title, and they haven't won a conference title since, what, 1912? It is the longest, longest conference title-less drought in the Power Five. That's amazing. Iowa State's Well, and, I mean, hell, even though Iowa State is, like, ruined, say, the Oklahoma State season, what was that, 2011, whenever they had a big program win, when they shut out Texas up there, that was about their biggest program win, according to their own fans that day. Like, Texas is a huge deal. Their last shutout before this past weekend was Mm -hmm. that, sorry, the last shutout other than Kansas. (laughs) Nobody really counts Kansas. So, other than Kansas, their last shutout before this weekend was that Texas 2005 15 team. Yeah, that was a t- I've, I've got another number I'll share with <laughs> you guys. And Sorry, it's, Kansas. And it's one of those numbers where if you take out Kansas, here's, here's what it is. <laughs> that's going to be thinking of Big 12. But when you take out Kansas, oh, that's amazing. It's kind of like, like, like every, a basketball it's, program. It's, it's kind of like everything we talk about with Texas, right, Rob? Statistically, it's like, well, if you take out the UTEP game, exactly right. you start looking at it. Well, if you take out Kansas and just view it that You're way. right. All my filters start week two for Texas, not week so, one. So, agreed. And it's it's funny, guys. I'm expecting this game to be a low-scoring, close game that comes down to the end because these two coaches, stylists, they go about it different ways. But philosophically, Tom Herman and Matt Campbell are almost the same guy when you look at how they want to win football games. They, they value playing elite-level defense. They want to play championship-style defense, which in the Big 12 is kind of bizarro. Mm-hmm. Both coaches want to play offensive football with a physical edge. I agree with you on that. They want to be able to run the football and dominate the line of scrimmage. They both love tight ends. They both love tight ends. Both love you tight know, ends. Matt Tom Herman don't know how to use his, and, and Matt Campbell Cam- does. But Matt Campbell's got legitimate <laughs> yeah. NFL tight ends. God, they're beautiful. Yeah. I'm not I'm sorry, man. That's just in terms of football. Mm-hmm. I, you know, you were texting us over the weekend talking about how your, yeah, yeah, your football pants. My, were, sport, uh, my sport, my football <laughs> loins were stirred. Right. Rod, watching. Oh, but no, they're all just. I mean, they're they're beautiful tight ends because you can tell he has oh, a man. vision for his tight ends, you, and he wants length. He wants some tall, he wants some athletic, and he mm-hmm. wants some physical. And if I'm an NFL scout, I'm looking at all three of them going, I, I think I, they can make they can make a place for them on my roster. Mm-hmm. Those guys are awesome looking. Let me see if I can pull this up. I've got the Iowa Sonic. State depth oh, chart. God. And uh, nobody uses tight ends as much as Iowa State and use them in the way. Maybe Notre Dame because Notre Dame uses a lot of tight ends. So I don't think on. a team in the country uses tight ends. Like Iowa State does. Here's yeah. your here's your tight ends for Iowa State, Rod. Charlie Kohler, 6'6", 257. <laughs> Chase Allen goes 6'7", 240. And Dylan Sainer goes 6'7", 272. Ooh, and they got another one, like a little youngster, uh, Dean something. He's Easton six, Dean goes 6'6", six, six, yeah. 251. <laughs> <laughs> he's a project. <laughs> if, um, if, if Let's assume Tom Herman. Let's assume Tom Herman is the head coach of Texas in 2021. Mm. If Iowa State offers a tight end, I, it's, a, it's like if Notre Dame offers an offensive lineman, Agreed. I'm bird-dogging Notre Dame. Offensive line offers from now on. I'm bird dog and Iowa State tight end offers. You should be like Cliff Kingsbury and quarterbacks. We were like, Cliff Kingsbury offered them. All right, let's offer them. It's really absurd (laughs) because if you want to really get into it, that state, it's already a joke. Go look at Iowa's tight ends and how many are in the NFL. Your Hawkinsons, your Fants, your Kittles. Like there's literally five or six Iowa guys, and then these guys from Iowa though. Yes. 
I'll pull what up. I'll pull up Charlie Cole. Iowa? I think I think Charlie Cole is from Oklahoma. Oh, from Iowa? Yeah, no, no, no. I, no, I mean, like the state. From, yeah, I want to know where they get him from. Yeah, I, I, I would. Jeff, at this point, I want to know where they're getting him from because they got to be growing well, or manufacturing It's a quick way to. It's like a quick way to have a filter <laughs> if you're the NFL. It's like we don't have to worry where they're from. Let's just go to the college that they all go to in Iowa. And, and Iowa I heard state. Campbell just recruits basketball players, right? He just looks at basketball players and he goes, "All right, he's not a great basketball player, but damn, he's got yep. a basketball body. That's smart. Let's take that it's guy and turn him to a tight end." Yeah, pretty much. You can be a mediocre power forward, or you can be an all-pro playing football. Jimmy Graham, Tony yeah. Gonzalez. Exactly. Uh, the list goes on. Rod, as far as where they go, and this just shows you, like, <laughs> and this is kind of what you got to do at Iowa State because you're not going to get the same caliber of kid out of high school that Texas or Oklahoma is getting, so you got to find them and kind of – it's kind of the, the Matt rule theory. you got to recruit tools and figure out, it's okay, great point. Can, yeah. based on what I like, yeah. can I develop this You don't guy? get to finish projects like everybody else. Right. Yeah. Uh, Chase Allen's from Missouri. Uh, Charlie Kohler's from Oklahoma and Dylan Sainer's from Arkansas. He's going to get him. He's yeah. seeking him out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, I know, but you can tell he's got a vision for him, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like Texas tight ends are kind of like, ah, that guy's a good tight end. Bring him in here. No, it's like, yeah, you're right. He's recruiting tools, very specific tools. And I got to tell you, you can tell they're developing those guys. I've said this, right? I said this on, on uh, Light the Tower on uh, on Monday leading into to the week. If I was to talk to an Iowa State fan, I'm going to have the same conversation with them that I had with Baylor fans the last couple of years when they're like, oh, Matt, Matt Rule's going to be here forever. No, he's not. <laughs> no, he's not. Um, with all due respect to Iowa State, Ames, Iowa is not a place that you plan on being for 10 or 15 years. Nobody does. There's going to be a job, whether it's an NFL job or the Michigan job, mm-hmm. there's going to be a job where Matt Campbell is going to have to take it. Agreed. You no can't question. do the Dan McCarney thing where you stay so long that, oh, the bottom fell out, and now we're 3-9 and nine again every year, and I'm getting fired. Yeah. In college, when you're not a blue blood and you're out kicking your coverage, the clock is ticking. That's, yeah. just, the, that's just the way. It, and you know what? Be happy about that because sometimes you end up with a reputation as you're kind of a, a you know, you're a giant maker, if you will, right? You mm-hmm. Teams, it, uh, coaches come there. Baylor's doing a really good job of that. A lot, a lot of uh, coaches now who are up and coming, they look at Baylor and go, that's a, that's a decent job. Baylor mm-hmm. wasn't always that before. Browse, and then you put Matt Rule on top of it, and now you got a young Dave Aranda, Memphis, starting to become yeah. having that reputation. Or U of H mm-hmm. got that reputation. So I think all you can hope for is that. Now maybe you can get a Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State, that kind of thing, but he's homegrown. And Texas Tech even tried that with Cliff Kingsbury. But usually, and you know, Mike Leach is random, but that was a project too, right? Because they took a chance on the air raid. Unless you get one of those situations, usually you're a stepping stone. But even I've seen some dialogue from Iowa State fans, Rod, some realistic Iowa State fans, and it's from the basketball side. They're like, look, if the mayor, Iowa State's son, Fred Hoiberg, if he can leave Ames, any any damn buddy can leave Ames. Anybody can leave Ames because you're Ames. Yeah. In the end, nothing wrong with Ames, but you're Ames. You're the Des Moines metro area. It's yeah, not a, not a terrible. You got a ceiling. <laughs> there are you worse know? places to live. Yeah, right you got now. a ceiling. That's all. You know, nothing so, wrong with that. Uh, Iowa State, Rod, they do use these tight ends. And let's start with talking about the Iowa State offense. And like you, like I said, my football loins were stirred because there's something about an offense that can base out of 13 personnel, yet go out four wide or three by one, <laughs> whatever kind of spread set they want, and make it work. There's just something, uh, I don't know, something poetic, something beautiful about that from a football standpoint. Uh, this is my favorite opponent to study uh, on the Texas schedule every year because of that, because of how unique they are. But what's really making Iowa State unique, Rod, and it's funny when we, you know, a couple years ago when we looked at this program and we said, man, I don't know if they're going to be able to replicate what they did in 2018 because you lose David Montgomery, you lose Hakeem mm-hmm. Butler. Typically at Iowa State, those are like generational type guys. Yep. But you've upgraded at running back with Brees Hall, who's leading the nation in rushing yards. Really do. Uh, the Big 12's leading rusher. Here's a crazy Brees Hall stat. Man, and this is <laughs> – this is kind of where I'm going with this matchup, Rod. And, and we talked last week on the show about how why Texas has been so much better against the run and it is negating explosive plays is really what it's boiled mm-hmm. down to. Uh, teams aren't getting the chunk yardage against Texas because at the second level you're so much better. You're facing an entirely different animal <laughs> this week. I went and tracked Brees Hall's explosive plays this year. This <laughs> is explosive running plays. It's a running play of 10-plus yards. Uh, Brees Hall, 31 mm-hmm. explosive running plays this year. Yeah, man. yeah. By comparison, <laughs> 
If you look, oh, uh, you look at Texas. If you look at tw- do if you look at, and this is a different stat, so but it just do it. it just puts it into comparison how good Brees Hall has been. Mm-hmm. So that's ten plus runs, ten plus yard runs by Brees Hall. The Texas offense, Rod, oh, no. has thirty eight plays period of twenty yards or more this year. Deontay That's Foreman how good is, Brees Hall has been. Wow. Yeah, Deontay Foreman's Doak Walker year, he ended the year with 47, but that's after he played all the games. 47 10-plus yard runs? Yes. Wow. And that's Damn. in 11 games. Brees Hall's played, what, seven or something, I Eight. believe? Eight. Eight. Yeah, so. He's already at 31. He's at 31. So, I mean, that just puts you on that level. I had brought up a stat earlier, just another one when Deontay was the common theme and Brees Hall's tied in between, but me and Rod were texting about Bijan Robinson, and Bijan, I saw that his yards after contact was up to 3.94 after making contact with his first defender, and just trying to find context anywhere, went across and was like, man, that's even more than Deontay Foreman had his Doak Walker year. He was at 3.54, and then the one guy I could find, I was like, well, let's look and see what Brees Hall's at. Brees Hall, 3.90 yards after contact. So that sort of shows where Brees Hall is over his massive quantity of rushes. But also, Texas has one in Bijan that on a about 20 rushes, a very few amount of of quantity, but still, he's right there with them. And strangely enough, we'll get to this obviously later, Iowa State, one of their few weaknesses on defense, and they don't have many because they're a really good team, they do miss a lot of tackles on defense. They mm-hmm. do. Uh, they're 80th in the nation. Yeah, and it's been it's, that's part of John Heacock's system because he creates chaos. So a lot of times those guys are just out of position because they're they're taking risks and they almost have this um, this malleable, homogenous blend between the second and the third levels, which makes it really, really tough for the quarterbacks to get a read pre-snap and post-snap. But it also puts them out of position at times. That's why last year when Texas played Iowa State, they were ninth and 10th. Both teams in missed tackles last year in the Big 12 Pro Football Focus stat. And this year, I bet if you looked at it, Iowa State is also one of the worst tackling teams in the Big 12, even though statistically that defense is very effective. It's just, I think, a byproduct of the system and the philosophy that John Heacock implements. Yeah, um, which, as we know, it's that three-man front, Mm -hmm. and they'll play with kind of the overhang safety, that inverted Tampa 2. Yeah, the third middle field safety. Everybody's tried to copy and kind of put their own spin on uh, that John Haycock started in the Big 12. But, Rod, I I look at this Iowa State offense, and you look at Brock Purdy, and he has not been great this year. And and I started looking at Brock Purdy, and I thought about Sam Ellinger's struggles. And I, I posed this question to Craig Way, and Craig's response made me feel like I'm on the right track. I asked Craig this last week after we found out the Kansas game had been postponed and, and we're looking at the, the weekend ahead, which, as we know, Oklahoma did what Oklahoma does in Bedlam, which is they buried Oklahoma State and mm. Iowa State. That, did you watch any of that Iowa State-K-State game, Rod? How Man. much did how – how, when did you turn it off? Uh, I probably turned it off by halftime. What was it, 35-0 at halftime? Yeah. It was yeah, that was an old testament style butt whipping, man. They put it on him. I didn't watch any of it, and then I saw the score on the bottom line. I was like, my God, what's going on? And Formageddon's are always close. And now that K State usually is on the winning side of those Formageddon's. Not this time. I will stay trying to buck the trend with when it was like mid to late third quarter, and I'm screaming at the TV, wondering why Matt Campbell still has Brees Hall and Brock Purdy in the game. That's the kind of that's the kind of <laughs> it, it ended up being. Uh, you should but, be rooting for them to play so they would wear them out a little bit more on a, a short week. Texas needs that. But Craig, Craig and I were talking. I asked him, <laughs> Rod. So much. I'll pose the question. I'll pose the question to you guys: If voting was held today, who would be this year's first team All Big Twelve quarterback? Spencerella. Like Craig had to stop and think. I'm like the fact that you had to stop and really think about it tells you kind of where quarterback play is in it's, the conference. It's this year. Spencer Rattler. There's I no think doubt. I think it would be Spencer Rattler yeah. mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah, and I cheated because I heard that question when you asked it the Craig way, <laughs> uh, and I was saying I was yelling at the radio, Spencer Rattler, Spencer Rattler. Yeah, because it's not Sam and it ain't Brock Purdy. No, and the rest of the guys have been injured, have dealt with injuries. Spencer Sanders has been a it's a joke. And that just sort of it's sort of shows. A guy who was benched in the, yeah, in the I know, Texas OU game, that. I think is probably the best quarterback in the Big 12 right now. How you can make a 180 in and a season. And a redshirt freshman. Yeah. yeah. Going into the year, the debate for that spot was the two guys we're going to see at DKR on Friday. This was supposed and to be a Ratner. showdown between two of the best quarterbacks in the country. Hmm. It, it, we were talking about before the season started, this could be a showdown potentially of, you know, top, 
top ten quarterbacks in the country, top five. A trip to New York might be on yeah, the line. Like that kind of thing. You're like, nope, not at all. Well, and that's where. The, I mean, that's also where though the respect to Lincoln Riley system was was because like Spencer Rattler's odds were, were above, above all of them. He was, even though we all were like, we're like, no, but it's gonna be. Believe me. Yeah, no, that's a great point. That's how. But everybody knows that's how good Lincoln Riley is. Yep. He benched his damn quarterback, and his quarterback's better for it. And that Texas you get. But I'll say this about Brock Purdy struggles. And I said this on on the show yesterday. It they to me are mysterious. I don't get why he's. I know why Sam is struggling. Sam's running game has been inconsistent. Offensive line just had their probably their most cohesive game ever. Uh, sorry, ever versus of this season, mm-hmm. I should say, versus West Virginia. The wide receivers, you know, they can't get off bump and run, and there's no wide receiver that's really separate themselves. The ones that have Jake Smith and Jordan Wellington have been hurt all season. I know why Sam is struggling. There are multiple reasons, including Sam Mellinger himself, as to why they struggle. Brock Purdy, you got the most productive runner in the country. In Brees Hall, mm-hmm. you got an NFL tight end potentially in Charlie Kolar and other tight ends. I, you know, and his offensive line is not terrible. I don't really get why he's struggling. Oh, I, well, I know he's why he's struggling. I know there are certain reasons. But I'm just saying th- it's more mysterious to me than Sam's struggles. Sam's yes. struggles make more sense to me. Definitely, because like parties just seem to be like, why did he make that decision? Like, why did he throw that ball there? Yeah. Why did he do that? Because it was just something that, other than that, he's been fine. And even the numbers haven't been that horrible. Their production's been okay. But there had been a few plays every game where you're like, yeah, put yourself in a bad position there. And it's sort of, sometimes like it's reminded me of what young Sam would do whenever Ellinger was young. And he'd have a few of those, like you're almost pressing to make a play and carry your team and you don't necessarily need to. Yeah. Looking at the Iowa State offensive line, I want to get back to Brock Purdy in a second, but looking at the Iowa State offensive line, going to my fail-safe for offensive line metric, which is football outsiders. If you're not using football outsiders for offensive line metrics, I would question doing what, it wrong. what the hell you're doing. Yeah. Uh, and, Matt, I know you're a big believer in football outsiders. We talked about on using football outsiders, and it kind of came to fruition. We're like, you know what? Uh, Oklahoma State's offensive line, West Virginia's offensive line, not that great. Mm-mm. And Texas won the line of scrimmage in both those games. But Iowa State, I wouldn't say this is a great offensive line, but they're not bad. Yeah, no. Line yards per carry, and this is national ranks, line yards per carry, 38th. Standard down line yards, 49th. Passing down line yards, 39th. Opportunity rate, 35th. Power success rate, 36th. Stuff yeah. rate, 41st. So it's in solid. terms of your run game, yeah, you're not. And in the sack rate, 20, 30, and 17. It, Matt, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is it, 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 kind of like Texas offensive line in 2018, similar metrics. Like you're not – you're not really great at anything, but you're not terrible at anything. You don't have any holes. Right. And, just and like that's that, a big different, a big deal with the offensive line. And to continue with your comparison, that 2018 Texas offensive line had Andrew Beck, who was a really skilled mm-hmm. blocker, still in the NFL right now, is a fullback blocking, and they had those tight ends, right? So they add I mean, girth. help. Yeah, they had girth to that offensive line. When that offensive line needs some help, they can still put eight, nine guys in the box and just run it down your throat. Yeah. Potentially relieve the stress. <laughs> and, and yeah, so they yeah, I think that's that's what helps them. Just like that 2018 Texas offensive line. Here's my big thing with with Iowa State though with Brock Purdy. When you look at the go back and look at the game last year in Ames, Brock Purdy threw for uh, the most yards he's ever thrown for in a conference game. He threw for 354. But the tight ends weren't really a big part of that. I think Charlie Kohler was five for 68, something like that. But you had Deshante Jones go for over 100 yards, which mm-hmm. 75 of that was on the coverage bus Texas had on yeah. the first drive of the second half that went for a 75-yard touchdown. It's like an end and around and ends up open. Some weird yeah, and then LaMichael Petway went. So you, LaMichael Petway went for over 100 yards. So you had two 100-yard receivers in that game. So all things considered, Rod, Texas didn't do a terrible job defending the tight ends last year. And I think, in a, you know, when you – yes, those tight ends are a problem, but some people might say physical, some people might say grabby. When you look at the Texas secondary, the style they want to play, mm-hmm. the matchup's not as much of an issue as maybe you would think it would be because of how physical Texas wants to be in the secondary. I, yeah, I agree with that. The problem is those other guys and Deshante Jones and LaMichael Petway really hurt the Texas secondary last year. So I mm-hmm. guess looking at Iowa State, you don't have those. what would the confidence year? level be in Tariq Milton and Xavier Hutchinson both being able to go for you know kind of in that eighty to hundred yard range in this game. Is Milton playing? He's on he's listed on the depth chart. Oh, because he was out. He's been out. 
for a while. He's been he's, out for that. He's listed on their depth chart this week. That's why I yeah. think they've been they've been focusing that. on the tight ends. I'll look into it real quick. Because I want to say sometimes depth charts. I want to say Tariq Milton's been out stuff. for them, and I don't know if he's going to play this week. He could, but he's been dealing with injuries, I believe, and that's why the focus has kind of gone to these tight ends. Those wideouts for them are just now starting to. Actually, you can argue that game against K State might have been the best game they have for their wideouts. They actually went deep a little bit and te- and went vertical with those wide receivers on the outside. I think I think you're right. Jeff, I think the Texas secondary matches up well with these tight ends. You think about it, most of the time, depending on how they use these tight ends, and they may get really creative and put them on the outside against Texas corners and just throw jump balls. That freaks me out. I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie to you. They're six, 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 seven versus those Texas corners who they grab and they can't really play the ball well in the air. That freaks me out. They right. haven't done a ton of that this year, but they can, and they have done it before. Um, I think Texas safeties are actually some of their best cover guys. I mean, you could argue – Caden Stearns is your worst uh, coverage, coverage defender at the safety position right now, and that guy's the most athletic guy back there. Chris Brown's playing well. Even B.J. Foster's starting to play better. So I think your safeties are going to end up matched up on those tight ends, and that is a strength for Texas. So that's a good thing. DeMario and Overshone covering those tight ends, I think, is a strength for Texas because he can cover in space. My concern would be when those tight ends get matched up on Jawan Mitchell, you got to make sure that doesn't happen. you got to make sure Jawan Mitchell is not covering because he's covering those tight ends. That's all day, every day, and twice on Sunday. So I think Texas actually with their nickelbacks and their safeties match up really well covering those tight ends unless, like I said, they put them outside and start throwing jump balls. Then, yeah, might be a reason to freak out. But I will say one of the things Texas corners have improved on is the coverage on the outside. And my eye test tells me, and I'm going to go back and diagram it, but my hypothesis is it's not because they're playing better necessarily. They're backing them up. They're playing. They're just playing less bump and run. That's just, it's just that simple. They're doing bail coverage. Go watch them. They're, play, they're bailing, uh, and then they're they're playing more off coverage, and they're doing that. They're playing bump and run. And like I said, my eye test tells me I got to go back and and document it. They're they're playing bump and run on rundowns, and they're backing them up on pass downs. Hmm. And that's it's, it's, it's that easy. Yeah, that's a good adjustment by Chris Ashley. It is. You're I'll not, give him, you're not yeah. trying to slam your Tactician. head against the wall. No doubt. I'm trying to play. Oh no, I'm a press man. I'm a press quarters guy like no understand what your personnel can do and <laughs> yeah. adapt to it so on Tariq Milton Matt I don't know if this is where you were going uh he's had two separate injuries this year okay had a lower leg injury in the TCU game which was their conference opener yeah uh and then uh his he, arm he played in the in the Oklahoma game it, it Matt okay. Campbell hasn't said what the injury no, he, is. No, he's smart because he he's been in the sling. Yeah, uh, he may still be able to play. He's I don't listed know. questionable and hasn't practiced. Yeah, yeah Mike Michael okay. Swain, who covers Iowa State for us at twenty four seven Sports, said he was uh, for the Kansas State game. He was on the sidelines in sweats and a hoodie, so wasn't gonna play. But he wasn't wearing a sling anymore. So. And the last update Matt Campbell mm. gave on Tariq Milton was this was a week ago. He was on track to be back at some point before the end of the season, which mm. smart va- vague coach injury vague. update. So yes. maybe we see Tariq Milton, maybe we don't, Rod. But if, if he gets we, to practice like this today, then maybe. I could see him playing him because just because those Texas corners. You, if you yeah. can get you another threat on the outside to take advantage mm. and support those corners, hell yeah. <laughs> good, a good indicator, though, because in the NFL, you see all the time people don't practice but play. In college, almost never do you Very true. go. So we'll know, like, if there's a report that he's had one practice or something, then it's like, oh, it, look like, it looks like he's going to play. And a short week, too. So exactly. I think, yeah, good point. I mean, and, I'm, I'm not saying that that's going to be the deciding mm-hmm. factor in me feeling good one way or the other about this <laughs> game. But honestly, Rod, based on, like, what you just laid out and my thought process – that might be the deciding factor in me determining it's really how close. I feel about so this So anything game. can tip the scales. I'm with you. Anything yeah. can tip the scales here because it's really, really close. Like, I, just, I just go back to last year, man, and just Jones. Like, Petway was, was huge yeah. in that game and yeah. on some critical drives. Well, when you they, brought those two up right there because I'm yep. going through last year's box and looking at some of the matchups. And I remember how we used to always be like, man, we just do not drop us Osai again. And it's like two times he get or three times he got lined up against the wide receivers in that game. And, of course, all three were caught and it was Petway twice or Petway once for 20 yards and Deshante Jones twice for 37 yards so yeah. it's like the exact plays that are on the t- forefront it's, of your mind Jeff and this is why I think you know once again these Texas linebackers are going to have to have a hell of a game it's just yeah. going to be that simple number one you talked about Brees Hall he's a freak that's going to be a Herculean task in itself but they use a ton of pre-snap motion and funk so they're going to try to occupy the eyes of the linebackers. They use those lie, those tight ends. So those tight ends, they end up in coverage situations or cracking down on them. That's going to put those linebackers in conflict, working through traffic. They just, there's so many different. And, and of course, Brock Purdy can run. 
He had his best rushing game of the season, also versus K-State. Uh, I think he had his most rushing yards since he had that like 100-yard game last year in that game versus K-State. So that's another thing that also will have to occupy the linebackers. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a tough game for those guys, and it'll come. The reason, and you brought it up, the reason that the rush defense is so well is so good now is because those guys are doing much better at working through traffic with the run fits at the second level, and it's about missed tackles. Brees Hall has forced what 41 missed tackles so far <laughs> this year, somewhere around that that number. I mean, he's he's a freak, and if I think Texas, they've done really well in their missed tackles. I think now they're down to nine missed tackles per game in the last three games on average, and in the first three games of the Big 12 play, they were averaging around over four, 15 missed tackles per game. And now that the yardage allowed after the missed yeah. tackles has dropped significantly. What does that tell you? That means guys are rallying to the football, and then when you do miss a tackle, you're not totally whiffing. You're at least forcing that guy to make a cut or to cut it back inside because you're coming under control and there are more guys rallying to the football. You guys yeah. can correct me if I'm wrong, but the only real like significant whiff that led to a huge chunk yardage play was the one where Spencer Sanders made Jawan Mitchell miss in space in the Oklahoma State game. Yeah. That's the one that stands out, but Rod, I can't think of any. Those screen passes in Oklahoma State game too, maybe you had a couple of whiffs on yeah. little screens. There, but the the to your point, the egregious ones that we saw Oh. Earlier in the season, are, are few and far between. Now. Agreed. Those are the most costly Agreed. ones. And then to your numbers on Brees Hall, not only on the forty-nine avoided tackles this year, forty-nine is what they said. Forty-nine is what Pro Football Focus okay. has, but it's been eight in three consecutive games, and he had ten against Oklahoma. Yeah, so like your biggest game, you had ten, and in that Oklahoma game, also is the one time when Brock Purdy hasn't been productive on the ground. If you go and look at like just yards per game, every game Brock Brock Purdy is getting you about fifty, you know, except for against Oklahoma, negative two. They kept him from running the ball and not using his feet. Now, that game was a close game that you know, Oklahoma didn't fare so mm. well in by the end of it, but still shows how to make them be not as effective and get to Purdy and make it at least be a one-man team. It's the same, it's the same blueprint as Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. It's the same, except you don't have to worry about your receipt. Your passing threats are different. You don't have to worry about Tyler Wallace on the outside. You got those tight ends who are going to kind of work the intermediate interior. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's different there, but you got to stop Chuba and you got to stop Spencer, put the game in Spencer Sanders' hands. I want Brock Purdy to beat Texas. I mm-hmm. mean, if I'm Texas, make Brock Purdy beat you, not Brees Hall. Because Brock Purdy has only had really like two good games this year. There's a chance he's gonna make a bad decision, as Matt says. The K State game was one of the better, better games. He's oh played. yeah, I, I agree with that, no yeah. question. Sixteen to twenty. Yeah, he yep. was he was good, and, and I don't know why Rod, but like you said, he's an athletic quarterback. But man, it's it's just weird watching him run the football. Like it just looks kind of <laughs> unorthodox. Like he's yes. weird. Like he's it's athletic. like Sam Ellinger too, because Sam's weird to watch. Nobody runs like Sam. Like Brock like Purdy's Sam's athletic, yeah. but it's like how can you be that athletic and just look that just kind of? I'm with you on that. I can't really describe mm-hmm. it. He's you see, you can tell there's athleticism no, it is. there, it, but it is. Just, it's unorthodox. I agree man. with you on that. It's That's more of like description. maybe Hunter Pence like, style, like in like, baseball, like he's over exerting effort. Maybe, or he just doesn't know how to run. Right? Nobody ever taught him how right. to run. Yeah. That's what it is. It's like he's, he's <laughs> exactly. He's not a wasted. Yeah, he's like a, flying. Exactly. He's that's like what a I more athletic. He's like a more athletic Garrett Gilbert. Like everyone, Garrett Gilbert. Would oh run yeah, the football. yeah. Like Garrett just Gilbert how, did like, have a yeah, Garrett Gilbert was doing it all look. over the Steelers. <laughs> that first drive, he had like twenty five yards. Like Brock, like Brock Purdy on the move is a more athletic Garrett Gilbert. That's okay. to me. No, it is. It's it's it looks weird. I agree with you on that though. But it's it's effective, man. Uh, let's go to the uh, the Texas offense against the Iowa State defense and Rod. That worries me. Th- this this one this battle is real simple for me. You look at last year's game, rushing yardage decided it because this was the game where Texas slammed their heads against the walls and offensive staff kept trying to run the football. Twenty six for fifty one. They could not. They couldn't bust a grape in the run game mm. all day. And now you're going against the Iowa State defense. Mike Rose, Jaquan Bailey, like you know the names. Like this Iowa State did, and Bailey didn't play in last year's game. He's back after mm-hmm. taking yeah. the red shirt last year. Uh, you know, we know what John Haycock does. We know the personnel Iowa State has, and Greg Eisworth is a really big part of their run game, being that overhang safety. To me, it's it's just a matter of can Texas run the football against an Iowa State defense that's the best in the Big Twelve in terms of yards per carry allowed. They're only averaging like a hair over three yards per carry. Mm. It's it, it just it's just a matter of can Texas run a football and Rod, if if we don't see this offense build on <laughs> some of the concepts we saw, some of the counter stuff, 
misdirection, creating angles and leverage, helping out your offensive line. If we just see them try to line up and go inside, outside zone, left and right, it's going to be a really long day for this offense trying yeah. to move the football, and you're going to be in a lot of third and longs. I'm with you. I, you know, I, I, Tom Herman is always in a situation where we're we're waiting on him to like evolve, and we're oftentimes disappointed, right? We're like, man, he's had a lot of time to prepare. He's going to come up with some you know, funky combinations. We're going to see this. Mm-hmm. We're going to see that. And I, I'm I'm still waiting on that stuff. I would love to see it. You know, even. As something as mundane as Jordan Whittington and Jake Smith on the field together. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yep. New thinking. That's like, dangerous you know, oh, there. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? Like You're, just something as simple yeah. as that. I'm not even asking for him to to jump from the – to put, you know, Jordan Whittington in the in the backfield potentially yep. and then Jake Smith on the outside and kind of morph between 21 personnel and, and, and 10 or 11. Like I'm not going to ask for anything like that. I know that's you're just – You're asking a, for a basic 10 personnel group, and that's, that's all you're asking this is for. is a guy that thought the snug formation versus Utah was like some evolutionary leap. When he's like, oh, it's a bunch formation. That's what you mean. Okay, yeah. Not uh, the Snuggy, which was another evolution. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I don't know if we're going to see a lot, but you're right. We might see subtle things, right? Remember the Big 12 title game where they finally moved Colin Johnson around? And it's like, ooh, Colin Johnson in the slot. Ooh, watch out. So, I wasted so much brain power breaking <laughs> that down and doing an offseason article on it. But like, look what they could do with Colin yeah. Johnson. And we never so, saw it. Yeah, that. so I think you may see a little, you might see a tweak here and there, but he's all about execution, not evolution necessarily, right? We, we're going to do what we do, we're just going to do it better. All right, we're not going to do it differently. We're just going to do what we do. We're going to do it a little bit better. We may have some tweaks here or there. So I'm not expecting to see a lot of difference, but I will say there's a reason that Tom Herman, you know, is great in bowl games. He's got, what, 20? He's going to have 20 days in between his games, and that ain't a, quite 30 like it's a month. A but it's almost a bowl season. <laughs> the <laughs> amount of allowed practices it right? is. And he's really good after bye weeks, right? Is What is he, 8-1? Eight 8-1 and one? Eight and one coming off a of bye. Off bye weeks here at Texas. So I don't know what it is that he does in the bye weeks, but it more seems like his team's getting fresher. And I think, honestly, guys, that'll it's going to be a big advantage for him in this game. So I don't know if you'll see a lot of creative design from the. I just think they'll do what they do, but they'll do it better. They'll be more. They'll be more crisp. The execution will be better, and I think that's what it'll ultimately. And you have a fresher Sam, fresher Sam, a fresher Sam Ellingress. We all know, right? So Bam Bam Sam comes back. Uh, Bijan, Bijan's got to get the ball more. I mean. Yep. Bijan, that, that can fix your offense right there. Literally, the, the numbers tell you fixing the offense could be as simple as Bijan Robinson getting five more carries. I don't. Mm-hmm. It's like that's not good. No, I, I, I crunched the numbers because it, it sounded crazy to me, and I thought it was. I was like, this. My eyes are not really matching up with you know the, the stats, uh, but actually, my eyes did not give my give the stats enough credit. Essentially, in the last three games, Bijan Robinson is generating an explosive play every five point eight touches. He's averaging explosive rush every 6.1 rushes for the Longhorns. By the way, that's a 10-yard rush or a 15-yard uh, reception or a 10-yard rush. But you can still just give him the ball, and he's averaging 6.1 yards per carry in the last three games. This is all in the last three games, by the way. All right, This is on the last three games. So he's averaging 6.1 yards per carry, 11.5 yards per reception, 6.7 yards per touch in the last three games. So... It really, it could just be as simple as giving him five more touches. Like, I know it sounds crazy. Like, him getting 20 touches overall could make the difference in the offense because in the last three games, he has as twice as many explosive plays as any player on the Texas roster not named Sam Ellinger. Mm-hmm. And he hadn't played that much. You don't have to block it perfectly when, when that guy's getting the ball. Like, your offensive line isn't elite. So you're going to miss a block here or there. You're only going to get the, 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 the outside leverage of a guy when you were supposed to actually hit him head up. But when you miss that block, you know who can break the tackle of that guy? That man. Bijan Robinson can do that because some guys move the chains and some guys change the game. The guys who move the chains, they get tackled. That's fine. Doesn't make you a bad football player. You just get tackled when it's one-on-one. That guy doesn't get tackled one-on-one. He doesn't. Yeah. So everything doesn't have to be perfect when Bijan gets the ball, and I don't think Tom Herman understands that shit. And it's one of those deals, Rod, there's a couple things here. One, when you talk about the Texas offensive line, they're far from perfect. I mentioned how kind of solid Iowa State is. Texas is outside the top 50 in, to me, the major run game categories of football outsiders. They're 51st in line yards per carry. They're 52nd in opportunity rate. They're 86th in power success rate, and they're 68th in stuff rate. That's that's short yard is when it matters, too. Offensive line is not good Yeah, this year. They're not good, period. Um, And (laughs) – at some point, you've got to have a running back. Your best option should be the guy. How good are you at accounting for the unblocked defender? Because you got to yep. figure on a lot of your carries, there's going to be an unblocked defender. Come on now. 
And <laughs> the reason why Rod the running back is so huge, again, you can call it an arbitrary stat or not, but I love the fact that Tom Herman at Texas is 20-0 when Texas records at least 40 rushing attempts in a game. They're 16-1 and when he has a running back record 15-plus carries in a game. And he's nine and zero. He's nine and zero. When a running back rushes for a hundred or more yards, I like that. What's that second one? That second one was good. The fifteen. Fifteen plus carries for a running back, sixteen and one. Oh, that's that's good. That's a sweet spot right there. Because he doesn't want to give. And I don't know if I want to uh, Bijan to get the ball twenty five times, but fifteen carries. He had fourteen. Right in two of his last three games, right? Didn't he have 14? He had 12, uh, yeah, 14, 12, 12, 12, 12, 12 11, 13, 13, I think. 12, yeah. 11, and 13. Okay, so, sorry. Yeah, so maybe 14 touches is what I said. So, yeah, right. You're right there. And then talking more about Bajan, I just charted the numbers I gave you. are talking about just to show how explosive he is, no matter what type of run it is or mm-hmm. where it is. So, he's ran to the left, far left, if you're talking just off the left tackle or outside. Eight times he has a long of 12 yards. He ran off left guard six times this season. He has a long of 11 yards. Up the middle, 20 times he has a long of 18 yards. Off right (laughs) guard, seven times his long is 29 yards. Off the right, 11 times his long of 54 yards. So you're talking right there in like three of those data samples, you have just a six rush, an eight rush, and a seven rush sample, yet his long in those little potent groups is 12, 11, and 29. Like he's getting chunk yardage no matter how you run him. How many does he have up the middle? That's fantastic. 20 uh, rushes up the middle. And on those up the middle, he's averaging. 18 is his longest, right? No, Uh, no, that's I just want to see that. That's, that's a great stat, though. I love that. So, guys, as we wrap up the Iowa State discussion, um, I'm expecting it to be a low-scoring, tight game because mm. I think I don't, the winning team in this Matt Campbell, Tom Herman head-to-head, the winning team has never scored more than 24 points, and that was the 24 points Texas scored in 2018 in a win at DKR. And uh, credit Chad Hastings here uh, at the Horn for doing the research. One score games since the start of the 2017 season, and this was uh, prior to this past weekend's game. So, uh, and there were only a couple games, and, mm-hmm. and you know the the Bedlam game and K State Iowa State. Neither one of those was one possession. Uh, these are two of the teams that play the most one possession games in the Big 12. The last four years, Texas played 26 one possession games. Uh, then it's K State with 24, Iowa State with 22. Uh, and then so and losses in one possession games. Texas has twelve. Iowa State has eleven. So again, back to what we talked about at the, at the yep. top, Rod. These are two coaches. They don't mind being in one possession games, mm-hmm. but based on your track record, you probably should avoid trying to be in one possession yeah. games. No coach leave, should ever. You want leave to so be. much to chance in yep. a one possession. Anything game. can tip the scales. Anything mm-hmm. bad call by the ref. Anything tips the scale in that one possession. One game. explosive play. One explosive yeah. play. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know yeah, what it is. Trips and falls. Yeah. That's, that's we, what it was. That's what you, what you guys both just said. That's what it was last year in Ames. It was an explosive play. The busted coverage that led to the Deshante Jones touchdown. That's right. And the the false start by Malcolm Roach. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot about that false start. Yeah, or just running your head into a wall on one fourth and short. Fourth and short, you're there. Yeah, I forgot about penalty. that. Yeah, you're right. So it's going to be a tight game. It's going to be low scoring. Anything can tip the scales. Yeah. So, Rod, I started looking at the numbers. And one thing stuck out to me. And again, he's doing it at Iowa freaking state, so you can't really fault him too much. I know. Do you know what Matt Campbell's record in road and neutral site games is when Iowa State is ranked? It's not great. It's one in five, and the one win was Woo. this year against Kansas. Wow. So as a ranked as a ranked team a, away from home. Away from home. Iowa State's one in five under Matt Campbell, and the one win was against Kansas. It sounds like which Tom really Herman. <laughs> yeah. Tom Herman's at Texas. And I think Matt <laughs> and I think well, Matt, yeah, no, but like they're very similar. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I think Matt Campbell, since the start of the twenty seventeen season, I think he's got five or six wins. Against ranked teams as an unranked team, so again, Tom Herman, Matt Campbell, almost pretty much the same guy. Yeah, but one guy's at Iowa State, and, and one, one guy's, guy's at Texas. Texas. So. <laughs> yep. That changes everything. That to me, that changes the well, narrative. Well, what if you when replace you, the guy at when, Texas? When Tom Herman's at U of A, doing the same stuff, he's praised universally as an awesome young coach. Mm-hmm. He's basically here at Texas doing what he did at U of H, and everybody is dogging. Good him point, because, because that's that why we're praising Matt Campbell. Yeah, we're praising Matt Campbell, but <laughs> Matt Campbell goes to Michigan and starts doing this, we'll be like, you need to go. 
All right, that's what happened. Here's and honestly, you just found the best spot for him to land. That would, would be, be really good for I would, him. I would love him. Here's, to another, fit here's another stat that we talk about with Tom Herman that really favors Matt Campbell, and I'll get to this. Uh, I'll, I'll back that up with something else, too. We always praise Tom Herman for being great as an underdog. Do you realize against the spread, Matt Campbell's 10-3 and three against the spread as a Big 12 road underdog? Tom Herman. Yeah. Tell but him. it's like the only person maybe better. Rod, yeah. as you would say, Kim Kardashian, Nicki Minaj size, but three of those losses against the two of those losses against the spread and two of his outright losses as as a as a road under as as an underdog. Or I'm sorry. As a road dog. Um yeah, as a road underdog in the yeah. Big Twelve. Two of them are to Texas. One in twenty sixteen, which that was his first year at Iowa State. Yeah. Oh, uh, but that other one was twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. That was a big one. Yeah. Yeah, that's when they had a shot. Yeah. An outside shot. The big so, two, so two of his three losses against the spread and two of his outright losses as a road underdog in the Big 12 have come to Texas. Matt Campbell against the spread, and, I, and this is relevant because the line has dropped. It's one and a half in favor of Texas mm-hmm. as we sit here and record this. Please keep moving. Matt Campbell, guys, against the spread in his career against Texas, he's 0-4. Tom Herman against the spread against Iowa State, 3-0. and So mm-hmm. as small as that number might be. And now. Looks good. If you're looking for something, and again, Rod, we talk about this game. Any anything can can tip it one way or the other. Mm-hmm. So, um, I guess that leads us to this, guys. Where how, how where are you leaning? I'm leaning Texas. I think Texas has more advantages on their side. I know Iowa State's playing their best football this season. They are. They really are. But man, Texas is going to be healthy. They'll have Jake Smith and Jordan Williams and more weapons for Sam. A healthier Sam. So you'll see mm-hmm. some Bam Bam Sam in there. If they if they're smart. Bijan gets his twenty touches. The defense actually is a good matchup for the Texas defense. You're, you no, don't have the threats it, on the, the outside. Texas rush defense the last three weeks playing like one of the better rush defenses in the country. And you got to go up against Brees Hall. Yes, he's legit. But man, Chuba Hubbard was also legit. And they had Spencer Sanders, kind of a dual threat quarterback. And Brock Purdy's that same thing. And you don't have to deal with a Tylen Wallace on the outside. You got to deal with those tight ends, which are great. But Texas safeties actually can cover really well. You have a lot of great safeties, and one of your linebackers is a freaking transitioning safety. So you can cover you can cover tight ends. I think it's a good matchup for Texas. Yeah. I think the matchup and the bye week and the basically coming off what is a bowl game, essentially bowl week for Texas or bowl uh kind of an off off season for Texas, I think that twenty games is gonna twenty days is gonna help them a lot. Real, real quick, Matt, I know you got something, but Rod, just to back up your point real quick. <laughs> When you look at the teams that give other teams issues in this conference, it's all about matchups. Mm-hmm. Like I think because of the physical way they play, I think Kansas State's a bad matchup for Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. I like, agree with that. And because Texas plays a similar – like Iowa State, that physical style Iowa State plays, Sets them apart. when you face some spread teams, mm-hmm. that is going to set you apart. But when you face Texas, and again, Tom Herman philosophically does it a little bit different but similar to Matt Campbell, well, now you're talking about, okay, let's compare athletes. And yes, Texas lost the game last year, but guys, Texas played. Texas did not deserve to win that game last year as bad as they played. No, they were in it. If you just throw the ball at the end instead of trying to exactly. run it, exactly. <laughs> well, I know, and it. that's where. I, and at least not. this year you have a Bijan too. So if, even if you run, you, you like, might be able to get away like, with think it. Think about point. all the self-inflicted wounds it took for Iowa State to win that football game last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in Ames, I agree with that. So I, I'm, I'm kind of with you, Rod. As much as. I think Matt Campbell's a great coach. He is. I'm I'm a fan of that Iowa State program, but I'm with you. I just think this is a good matchup for Texas. Say senior night for Sam Ellinger too. That's Woo. the big. That's the big thing too. I, I know you think about senior, that. Sam, you can re- Sam, <clears throat> Sam senior is, night at 11 a.m. on a Friday. Sam's last game at DKR. I, both I don't of, know. I don't see him losing his last game at your, DKR. Both of your warri- huh? both of your warriors. <laughs> both of your might, warriors might, that are leading you through this, Sam Ellinger and Joseph Osai. It's probably gonna be the last game at DKR for both those guys. Yeah, last for Osai. Ooh, good point about Osai too. Definitely good last point. one for him. Good but, point about that. And while we're on the point of Osai, like we already talked about the D line in Texas having a D line that's elite and a lead against the run. But I think really what could be the difference is the D-line and, and pe- pass pressure because, like, when you look at overall Texas, 
people will look at the surface and be like, ah, no, not a high sack rate. You don't get to the quarterback. You don't have a good pass rush. And that isn't true because if you you are up front and have a good pass rush, if you aren't good on the back end, it really can affect that. And if you look at Texas's pass rush where it's rated, it's rated like 22nd overall by PFF. Other metrics have it in the top 25. But when you're 91st in coverage, it really doesn't marry well together. And if the quarterback can get rid of the ball quick before the pass rush can get home, you can actually still be effective. Mm-hmm. and have a low sack rate even though you have a good pass rush and the difference with that is against Brock Purdy when you look at Brock Purdy under pressure his QB rating NFL rating would be 49.2 but when there's no pressure 109.5 mm-hmm. he's elite when there's no pressure now that doesn't mean when blitz not blitzed because he's about the same it's a coin flip when he's blitzed 91 when he's not blitzed it's 93.7 yeah. it's the same the mm-hmm. big difference is pressure and no pressure yep. that means if your front four can get home and get pressure that way Texas is can with a guy like Osai, the way it's been proven mm-hmm. that they've been able to get there quickly. Yeah. But the results aren't there on the sack end of it for a multitude of reasons, if it's missed tackles or if it's because of the coverage where they get the ball out quickly, even when pressured. Well, in this case, when Brock Purdy's pressured, he doesn't do well doing that. So it's one way that you might be able to see those things flip, even though they've sort of been the same when you look deep into the numbers. That's why, that's why Chris Ash wants his corners to press. Mm-hmm. Ideally, in his disrupt system, the timing. they would disrupt the timing, and then the quarterback would have to hold on to the we ball and go through his progression. the beginning of the season. But because the corners aren't necessarily that great at bump and run, they can't really throw off the timing. Right. They can't redirect the right receivers, so those guys get open quicker, and it makes it actually easier read for the quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, no, we're going after these corners anyway. Please turn your back. Thank you. And that's what negates yeah. your really and good pass rush and you yeah. have a very, very bad sack And now rate. he's backing those guys up, so it's even tougher. So if anybody good tells point. you Texas doesn't have a good pass rush, tell them no. It's just like, no, they aren't effective well, pass. I'll back you up, Matt. The last point I'll make on this show this week is this, to back you up. It's not even just pass rush. You can look beyond that. How disruptive is this Texas defensive line? And go to yeah. football outsiders, line yard, and this is where I love this line of scrimmage matchup this week. A line yards per carry allowed, Texas fifth in the country. 15th in standard down line yards per carry allowed. First in the country, they lead the nation in fewest passing down line yards per carry allowed. Mm-hmm. Eighth in opportunity rate. 10th in stuff rate. This te- this Texas defensive line, really they are deep. elite and they are disruptive. They are deep and they are talented and they can they can go a long way to you winning this game. And now they got linebackers that are they are not a liability to back them up too. No, I'm with you. I think they, I think Texas can stop the run against Iowa State. I'm not saying they can like. It totally, you know, just shut them down to run, but I think they can stop it enough, contain it, I should say, neutralize it. Yeah. To at least get you into some third and third and mediums, third and longs where Brock Purdy's got to beat you. The more downs you the more downs you can have, the more downs you can give Iowa State where Brees Hall is less and less of a factor, the better your chances are winning this football. Yeah, if Brees Hall is breaking tackles early on, gonna be a long night. Yeah. Yeah, you you know earlier because we knew early on they were stopping Chuba. You tell like, oh Chuba ain't getting a damn thing. It's suffocating this guy. Mm-hmm. You'll tell early on if Brees is gonna have his way. Yep. Yeah, I agree with you, Rod. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, that's going to do it for this week's show. Matt, thanks for everything, man. You're more than welcome. Rod, we appreciate the time and the knowledge. Anytime, brother, anytime. For Matt, for Rod, for everybody at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn 1049, 1019 AM 1260, streaming on the Horn app and at hornfm.com, where you can hear Rod be on the triple option each and every weekday from 3 to 7. Shameless plug. You can also get myself and Craig Way each and every weekday on Light the Tower from 10 to noon. And thanks to Matt, you can get all of our archives, our classic interviews and shows are, re- are available on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. Don't forget to search Horns 24 7 Podcast, anywhere you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. All podcast platforms, search Horns 24-7 podcast to get this show, State of Recruiting, and the flagship. And don't forget to like us and leave us a five-star review. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening. We will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com.